Hello, and welcome to the Mobile Dev Memo Podcast. I am your host, Eric Sufer. Today I am kicking off a three-part podcast series called ATT, One Month In. I wanted to essentially take a snapshot of how the mobile advertising ecosystem is adapting to iOS 14.5 in this very dynamic moment and provide a data dump to advertisers that are struggling to interpret and synthesize the data that they are seeing given their limited perspective on the market. Because iOS 14.5, which is soon to be iOS 14.6, has been rolled out so slowly, advertisers are unsure of how ATT will impact their business or even of how SK Ad Network will function at scale. My first guest in the series is Rich Jones, the head of product at Dataseat, a mobile DSP. I've previously had Dataseat's CEO, David Phillipson, on the podcast multiple times, and Rich and David have worked together for years, having both worked at Adex, the original dedicated independent mobile attribution provider that was acquired by Criteo in 2014. In this episode, Rich and I discuss SK Ad Network's privacy threshold, which is the opaque limit which determines which pieces of information are included in SK Ad Network postbacks. Until recently, very few conversion values were being transmitted through SK Ad Network postbacks, but Rich posted yesterday on LinkedIn that this changed very abruptly, and we discussed that change as well as how we think the privacy threshold is calculated. In conjunction with the podcast series, I am offering a 20% discount on my iOS 14 How to Prevail in Q2 2021 course. The link for the discount can be found on the blog post accompanying this podcast at mobiledevmemo.com. Thanks for listening, and please enjoy my conversation with Rich Jones. Rich, how are you? Hi, Eric. Very good, thanks. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for joining me on such short notice. Thank you. So I have just introduced you, but um, I think it'd be great if you could also introduce yourself uh, in a few words. Yeah, great. So um, I'm Rich. I'm head of product at Dataseat. Uh, Dataseat is um, a mobile DSP. We have kind of a particular focus on on in-house. So it's all about kind of uh, providing our advertisers with all of the benefits of having their actual own uh, in-house bidder. But of course, we offer this as a, a cloud service. Um, like following from that, we kind of have a real focus on contextual uh, targeting. You know, it's kind of all about not sharing device IDs, keeping your data very much within your own rules. That's kind of always been our focus, actually. And so it's it's obviously become a fair bit more integral and interesting since um, since WWDC last last June. Um, so I've had uh, David Philipson uh, on the podcast, I think twice, and right. I've I've called him kind of the godfather of mobile ad tech and to the extent that that's true about him it's also true about you you're also you're kind of like his co-godfather because you've been working together basically since the beginning of of mobile right <laughs> yeah wow like that's 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 hell of an intro um yeah so i think i think david loves to talk about um the fact that uh him and our cto paul kind of founded the original mmp um i think at the same time as us actually there was has offers but back then obviously they were has offers was an ad network and also an MMP. I think we were the original kind of like fully neutral third party uh, measurement platform. Um, we were then acquired by Critio in around 2014. And from there, we kind of built up the um, the app advertising products in Critio. Yeah. So, I mean, you've been in, in mobile advertising basically <laughs> since there has been a mobile advertising. 
It's true, it's true. I did actually take a couple of years out there. I was in health tech um, a couple of years ago, but I'm right back. Ah, well, you always come home again. Um, yeah. Okay, so I think that the genesis of this call was that you made a very interesting post yesterday um, about yeah. conversion value presence in SK Ad Network postbacks. Can you just, I mean, maybe just start from the beginning. What what, what are you seeing? What, what, have you, what have you observed in your network? Yeah, totally. So like, I guess the kind of first question here is like, to what extent should we take it back to basics in terms of in terms of kind of SK ad network type stuff? So I'm assuming everyone everyone knows about ATT, everyone knows about SK ad networks and the kind of uh, and the restrictions there, right? I mean, I can, uh, but just to summarize, just to summarize kind of the key points here, it's that we're going from a world where you can track everything, obviously via IDFA, via, uh, via device ID, you can get the whole way back to the click and the impression. We're going into a world now where you have to use SK ad network, this new standard, and the only things that you get back when you're install notifications in scan postbacks is a campaign ID, and that's guaranteed, a source app ID, which is the publisher which drove the install, and the one which we're talking about right now, which is the conversion value. Um, the conversion value, obviously, is meant to, to represent the, the top conversion event that the user performed following the install. Um, and everyone was insanely surprised when scan first shipped and they first started studying the actual live data. I think everyone listening probably uh, was surprised by how like how few conversion values they were actually receiving uh, in the traffic. So, so in our case, we were seeing, I think 80 to 90% of our scan installs did not contain the conversion value. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's like a huge roadblock for scan. I mean, even from the perspective of Apple, like how are advertisers supposed to like use this? How are advertisers supposed to choose to switch from, from probabilistic fingerprinting to scan if, if they can't even see their conversion values? Um, as you mentioned, though, it looks like it looks like actually there's there's potentially some good news on that front because as of last Friday, we're seeing kind of a four four to five x increase in the prevalence of conversion values. Um, and yeah, it sounds like a few other people are also seeing this. So thank you for that background. I think in terms of this conversation and providing context to the audience, we should have we should speak um, with the assumption that everyone listening. Um, is so intimately uh, familiar with ATT and iOS 14.5 um, that they could probably recite Apple's privacy uh, <laughs> guidelines website in their sleep. Um, Perfect. And I that they're just absolutely case, right? star. <laughs> yeah, and, and they are just absolutely starved for like today's info drop, right? And, and, and yeah. have already dismissed, you know, what they heard a few days ago. Um, yeah, okay, perfect. so that's... That's really fascinating. And I think, you know, you showed a graph and I, I, I always hate describing graphs, but it was basically, um, as it was a uh, conversion value presence in the entirety of the kind of post back, uh, pool per day. Yeah. And you didn't show the, you didn't show the axes. You didn't label the axes, but my assumption was those were, to those were totals, right? So the, the bars, it was a sort of stacked bar chart and the, the bars added up to the total post backs that day. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And then yeah. The, there was like a green colored segment that was postbacks that contained the conversion value, if I remember correctly. 
Yeah, so it's um, it's a stacked stacked bar chart. The height of the bars is all of the all of the install notifications we receive from from Scan. Um, the yeah. colors within the bars were the different conversion values. So obviously, um, uh, obviously, you have kind of sixty, I think, sixty four different IDs that you can map conversion value to. So we're using this really to study privacy thresholds because the um, the light blue color of 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 conversion value being missing. That's been the vast majority of these stacked bars since day zero, basically. But then since Friday, we all of a sudden have these lovely colorful bars. I mean, they were colorful before, right? But the colorful section, the different stacked colors were just this tiny little 10 to 20% segment at the top. Right. But we're now seeing, I think, 50 to 60% uh, colored segments with, yeah, uh, with conversion values. Okay, and I'll post the bar chart alongside the, the sort of article that contains the podcast but the, so that i mean i don't want to you know discuss the chart but uh basically the, the the takeaway here is that um there's a much higher prevalence of conversion values in the sort of total post back pool now and that started basically on on a day right it wasn't like this kind of gradual build up there was one day when all of a sudden uh you just started getting many more post backs that had conversion values attached to them right yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so Friday twenty first, I think the ramp up. So the ramp up began kind of on the twenty first bar, and then from that from that day forward, it's been very consistently a much higher value. So yeah, in terms of kind of our analysis of this, I mean, I should caveat we we really don't know that this means that Apple have updated the conversion value. There could be other things going on here, but it seems like the most likely one because if this was correlated with change in iOS version or a change in uh, SSP traffic, you know, SSP is rolling out different versions of SDKs, yeah. stuff like that, you would see an incredibly slow ramp yeah. up. Um, it's, 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 very, it's very notable that this was literally, as I say, an overnight thing. And this correlates yeah. with the, the kind of idea that I think, uh, I think most people have realized by now the the privacy threshold really has to be a centralized thing on Apple's side, right? Like something has to be calling out to, I guess, the App Store. You know, uh, I would imagine that they have some uh, some internal mechanism centrally in the App Store, which which when the store view uh, calls out to this, is then responding with with probably a yes no, um, right? Yeah. Oh, so let me, let me let me dig into that in a second, but but I just want to kind of highlight here that. Because some, I, I posted the screenshot of the of your chart on Twitter, and it, it got you know quite quite a bit of uptake. And someone asked, "Well, could this just be greater adoption of iOS 14.5?" But if you look at the graph, I mean, there was just basically one day where the yeah. proportion that had conversion values jumped, and also the the height of the bar charts was actually decreasing before that day, right? So it, it like the, the kind of total number of postbacks you were receiving was sort of decreasing, or it, or it was sort of like just yeah. up and down, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't monotonically increasing, right? Or it's, or, or yeah, in, increasing, right? Yeah, go it's ahead. weak seasonality. Yeah, yeah. So throughout the week, come down a little bit away from the weekends, and then, but right. uh, as you say, um, if it was by the prevalence of iOS fourteen point five or, or 0.6, the whole the whole chart would have been growing. So what we actually right. see is just a sub split of conversion values substantially growing within the standard bar size. Yes. Okay. Got. It. I just yeah. wanted to clarify that. Because someone had asked me uh, explicitly. Okay, so let's talk about the privacy threshold. So, first of all, that there has been I've I've probably been engaged in like ten conversations about how the privacy threshold works, and it yeah. is. I mean, Apple. I mean, Apple is is intentionally you know 
keeping this cryptic, right? Because they don't want people to like right. backwards engineer it. Um, right. I think many people believe that it was just sort of like a static number, right? And that was that was you know because the 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 postback gets sent from the device, right? So it doesn't get sent yeah. from a centralized server. So there's no kind of like um, you know centralized uh, authentication algorithm here that's 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 doing that kind of moderation so whatever whatever moderation is happening is happening on the phone right now now if if that if if you know the SCAD network is is kind of native ios code right it's native ios functionality so it could be calling out yeah. to a central apple server um but can you just just walk us through what you think is happening there because i mean i think you've done yeah. quite a bit of research on this yeah absolutely um so we yeah, clearly, clearly as much happens on the device as possible. That's kind of the genius of the solution, which is that it doesn't rely, um, it doesn't have kind of the, the single point of failure potentially, and um, it doesn't have kind of the infra cost of everything going through Apple, um, other than which maybe we'll get onto this kind of uh, IP proxy thing, um, uh, but we'll put a pin in that for now. Um, we do believe that it does call out Storeview. I mean, we yeah, we know that store view calls out to the app store and that's because when you load the store view, it loads an app, right? And that's coming yeah. from the app store. So they're absolutely uh, in the critical path of this whole thing of the user actually doing a successful uh, install. The store, the store view is calling out to the app store and I see absolutely no reason why they wouldn't piggyback privacy threshold off that. Um, it would yeah. also give them the ability to, as we say, to manage this in a, um, in a central way, which is easier to update. It, um, it doesn't require users to update to new versions of iOS. And like from Apple's perspective, you've got to think like they're probably just as much in at the deep end as we are in terms of sort of trying to think of what the correct maths to use on this is, right? Like I'm sure that they're going to be, um, I'm sure that there are some stressed product managers in Apple right now who probably had this feedback from the market, which was like, we cannot see a thing. This is useless. Why yeah. would I use SKI network if I um, if I'm never receiving a conversion value back? So I think it makes perfect sense that they would have control over that centrally. Um, it's also worth noting that, um, and this is something I think uh, Gaddy from Singular pointed out, with the data flow in that manner, with the call to the app store happening at the impression time. Um, like though it makes sense for the source app ID privacy threshold to be based on the impression and to be based on the source app, the conversion value privacy threshold is also based um, on everything at impression time. It doesn't seem to be based on the conversion itself as far as we've seen. And this was kind of a surprise for some people because you would think that there would be, for example, a penalty to using many different conversion value IDs, right? Because it becomes more recognizable yeah. Uh, it becomes easier to recognize, you know, somebody who's done a very rare conversion, you could potentially link back to the IDF fee. But um, yeah, concept, like uh, in terms of the data flow, that would not be the case. Also conceptually in terms of Apple's kind of goals with the privacy threshold, my personal view is that this is all about preventing advertisers from being able to get from the advertiser app to the click to the right. publisher app. I don't actually think that they're particularly bothered about whether people are fingerprinting from a conversion value to an IDFE in their own app, because that is actually first party, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is all conjecture though, you know, like I'm like really not sure. Right. I mean, that would make sense. I Do you, do you get a sense that there is any kind of like dynamic uh, logic applied to the conversion value uh, threshold? 
so or or, or any of the thresholds yeah so so we've we've studied the the source app id uh, threshold extensively we've studied the conversion value threshold just a little bit less because what we found was basically a um, a source app id appearing in the postback seems to be sufficient for conversion value appearing i.e the conversion value um uh, is 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 much more lenient than the source app id one um what we've seen with the source app id is it it basically seems to be based on volume of insoles um so thinking about kind of the goals behind this so what apple wants you to not be able to do is to be able to track from a scan post back to a click therefore what needs to be happening is there need to be many installs there needs to be some minimum k anonymity i guess mm -hmm. uh, occurring in terms of uh, installs and this is crucially is is clearly per campaign id and this makes sense because otherwise you could use the campaign id to differentiate people to reduce the yeah. k in k anonymity um it's also clearly per source app id of course so per publisher app um we've come to the conclusion that it seems to be on kind of a 24 hour rolling window. There's no kind of, um, I don't see any kind of cohesive agreement from people on this, but people are also being pretty quiet about this topic. I find. I think, yeah. Uh, uh, I think everyone thinks of this as a little bit of secret source potentially now, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's getting to the point where it's better for everyone to just kind of share info on this. Um, well, so yeah, just around that. Uh, yeah, just to round that off, so I'd say that's we think it's a rolling twenty-four hour period. It's per it's per it's per uh, campaign ID, and it's obviously per per publisher app. It's also potentially per geo a little bit as well. We're not sure on the size of the geo, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah well, we've seen other sort of geo-based uh, filters here, right? With the one thing that came to light was the restricted status was clearly um was clearly like uh skewed on a geo basis right so right. when the restricted status was when, when well i mean i i presume that was bug right i think most people know what i'm talking about but the 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 option the setting to allow apps to ask to track being grayed yeah. out on some devices um i mean that was clearly a bug or i, I believe it was a bug um that seems to have been fixed but the rate of restricted status is still quite high. And if you break that down by geo, it looked like some geos were disproportionately affected by that. So right. I, I think, I do believe there is like a, a sort of geo element or geo dimension to this. Um, yeah. I think, I, I mean, to your point about people not talking about this, I, I think very few people have actually done any uh, sort of deep research here. And also, I mean, it is just kind of speculation. So I, I feel like maybe that's part of it. I, I don't know that people see this as like, a competitive advantage right understanding this because i mean in the end there's nothing you could really do about it given that it is based on source apps so i mean like yeah all you could really do here from a, a strategy standpoint is to just try to focus your acquisition on some specific number of apps but that's only really possible on a programmatic basis right if you're just buying from video networks that you can't do that i mean you could ask them to do that but um you could ask the network to do that to but but if you're buying on, you know, Facebook and Google, that's also just not really an option, right? So there's not a whole yeah. lot you could do with this information, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Um, and, but then as you say, you know, it's, it's pretty unlikely that Apple would go so far as to actually expose the exact, the exact maths behind it. Because I mean, the best thing that you could do is, is just formulate 
the perfect campaign set up in order to still somehow do what they don't want, which is third party probabilistic matching, I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, and so one, one thing, cause I mean, my, my assumption when they first announced this was that it probably would be like dynamic um, just because that yeah. would, that would be the best way to obfuscate the data. Uh, and, you know, to your, I think you're, I think you're probably right that they don't, they would prefer that you don't, um, they would prefer that you're unable to sort of tag users in your sort of data environment with their source, but that's not really what they're trying to prevent, right? Or like, that's, that's not their goal in this. Uh, their sort of, their primary goal in, in this is being, is, is for you to not be able to, to identify user uh, at, at the, at the impression level, right. At the click level. Yeah. Um, be, because they don't want you targeting specific users. Right. I mean, that's, that's the, the primary goal here. Um, exactly. and, yeah. and so, you know, if, if they, if they didn't have any sort of like dynamic throttling for the conversion value for the, for the privacy threshold there, then if you were spending a lot of money on any given app, you could have a broader distribution of conversion values, right. With some, you know, falling into like a very, very high level bucket. Right, which would be you know like the the, the you know the, the sort of extreme tail of that distribution, which would could be you know would would likely be your 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 best users, right? Like the most valuable users, um, and then and then you'd have some sense, you'd have a, a kind of better sense of just the value of 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 that source app ID for your 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 campaigns, right? Yeah, I mean, like um, I think that that's that's the perfect use of scan. Like there there should be no limit on your ability to say that a given publisher app is driving high quality users and you're measuring the quality of the user based on the predictive LTV based on the uh, on the conversion value right but um yeah prior uh, prior to the end of last week even that just wasn't really remotely realistic unless you were a really yeah. really big advertiser spending a load of money on a relatively small number of source apps as well right because right. it's kind of uh, obviously there's kind of like a a long tail type chart of publisher spend, I think. So, you know, some advertisers are spending a hell of a lot on some, and then there's this just enormous long tail of like thousands or tens of thousands of publishers if you're doing run of network, which you're spending, you know, like a dollar a day on or something like that. I mean, there is just no hope at the moment with the current source app AD threshold of those showing up. And consequently, you know, in most cases, they're also not gonna, uh, also not gonna result in a, a visible conversion value. So right. I think it's a real big challenge to Apple just to kind of actually make this tenable for advertisers. Because as you said, like it's like there's kind of two sides to this. There's there's the targeting and the attribution. And I agree with you. I think that what they're trying to prevent here with all of ATT is is people being able to target. And that's also why the privacy thresholds exist, because if you could always probabilistically match back to a user in, in a publisher app, then actually you could build yourself like a device graph, mm -hmm. uh, an old school device graph of uh, IDFEs or, or something like that. And obviously they want to prevent that. And obviously that's, that's quite easy for them to prevent. But do they really want to prevent the attribution? Do they really want to prevent people from simply being able to say, this publisher app drives high quality users? Um, as yeah. stated, you know, I don't think, I don't personally think that that's the intention. Right. And, and I mean, that's, that's almost like table stakes for being able to do, you know, optimization. Right. right? I mean, well, like the, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So how is anyone the, supposed to do so, uh, How is anyone ahead, supposed to keep their contextual models up to date if they're not capable of, um, 
of like closing that feedback loop, right? Like every machine learning model needs to be trained, it needs to be retrained, it needs to be kept up to date with data. And we're, we're, we're currently staring down the barrel of kind of a situation where there's so much less data to close that loop with that even if you got really good at contextual targeting, which uh, many of us are, the concern is the ability to keep those models up to date uh, with this data, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's why. So I mean, I'm I'm kind of talking from the perspective of an advertiser here. But I mean, I, I see your point from the perspective of a DSP. I, I think like right. without with but without the kind of breadth of that distribution, like that distribution is 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 the 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 data that you use, right? I mean, if you think about, um, you know, taking uh just basically like a histogram, right, of of occurrences of some conversion value ID. Right. And, and having the ability to kind of um, uh, build a long tail there that gives you a sense of magnitude of of spenders, right, of, of people right. that monetize. Like, I mean, that's obviously totally anonymous. Right. What's wrong with being able to build that in a robust way, like having having, uh, you know, some uh, a width, a width to that and, and a sort of number of, of values on the on the X axis. Um, that just allow you to say, hey, look, there's actual segments here, right? Because if you've got three values there, and those are the only ones that are showing up in postbacks, because those are the only ones that hit the privacy And then mostly zero. And mo yeah, mostly zero, right? Well, I mean, this there's going to be mostly zero any. Well, yeah, but, but they'd be, I mean, they'd be mostly zero. If, if you're able to do this well, they're going to be mostly zero anyway, right? And that's the, right. That's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the point. Like, you need that long tail. Like, you need, you need to understand that there were, like, 10 users, right, that came in today that seem likely to, to, you know, if you're talking about from a mobile games context, that seem likely to spend $1,000 or more, right? You just need yeah. to be able to do that. We're already working with such a limited scope here because given that, you know, you probably, you know, Facebook wants you to do this within 24 hours. A lot of, a lot of advertisers are pushing back against that and, and they're not, they're not, you know, honoring that. But, you know, Facebook wants right. to do this within 24 hours at the, at the, you know, the most anybody would really want to observe this for is probably two to three days. So, I mean, you're just yeah. working with like a, a massively, you know, more limited scope anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it makes no sense to also just restrict even the flow of these kind of broad buckets, right? You just yeah, need, I, you need that, that distribution. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, so uh, as you say, there is like, there is challenge compounded upon challenge. So like when, right. when Scam was first released, everyone was looking at the spec and everyone did a really good job of, of kind of building against the assumption that you would have a conversion value and the MMPs are coming up with these awesome uh, predictive LTV models, advertisers, you know, some of our advertisers are investing kind of whole, whole data science teams into basically yeah. what can we predict from yeah. the first 24 hours or the first 48 hours. And that's like the iceberg of the challenge. But then the tip of the iceberg is like, we don't even get the conversion value back yeah. most of the time. So. Exactly. So it seems a little bit unreasonable. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I so I think I think the conversation we just had is probably the most public-facing analysis of uh, privacy thresholds that exists. So I'm happy to I'm happy nice. to let that stand. Uh, I'll let that stand on its own and 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 remain relevant for a week. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's talk about um, what's what's coming, right? So yeah, uh, there are some big changes in 14.6, right? So one of those is that it seems like the postbacks are being intercepted by some sort of Apple service uh, and the IP addresses yeah. are being stripped uh, or, you know, just basically replaced with the, the, the Apple service IP address. What, tell, walk me through what that means. 
Yeah, cool. So, um, so if we're continuing with with kind of like the the uh, enormous iceberg of challenges um, analogy, this is just another layer on top of that, which is that we were really. I mean, I think most people were were building against the idea that that we basically got geo for free, right? Yeah. So we're restricted by the campaign ID. We're restricted by the source app and the conversion value. But what we're going to be seeing since since iOS 14.6 is the the IP address is probably going to be missing from the scan postbacks. Um, the way that well, sorry, it's not missing, but the IP address will basically be of um, an Apple proxy server. And uh, this is obviously a like from Apple's perspective again, it kind of it, it makes perfect sense to to proxy these postbacks because an IP address is super granular, right? So if we were using this for geo attribution and we just wanted to simply say, which campaign should I attribute this install to? Should it be the US one or the UK one? Well, IP address actually gives you something much more granular than right. that. And it's also something which, you know, from, from the privacy perspective could potentially be used to fingerprint a scan post back yeah. to a click. So I think yeah. clearly what's happened here is they, they've made the assumption that people were planning on doing that. Um, I think it's a little bit, it's, it's, it's a slightly misled assumption because as I said, like, I actually think that the real impact here is, is not on the ability to fingerprint, but it's simply that everyone's lost their free geo dimension. Yeah. Right. So everyone's going to kind of have to scramble now to figure out what, what's the best way to represent geo. Uh, of course, probably the, the obvious one is to use the campaign ID, but yeah. like, um, <laughs> I think people probably had some other ideas about their campaign IDs, right? I mean, there's enough, there's enough to try and encode in there before stripping away the geo. Yeah, I mean, also keep in mind the campaign ID is the ad network campaign ID. I think a lot of people think that a campaign ID means like the name of the campaign that I upload right. to whatever, and that's not true. I mean, th these networks are utilizing these hundred campaign IDs to, to test. Um, yeah, so exactly. it's, it's not, you know, it's not, the idea of the campaign isn't necessarily something like that means something to you. I mean, especially on Facebook, right? So, but that's, but that's where, that's where this would have been very valuable. Um, or, or this, that's where the, the, the geo element of this would have been the most valuable, right? Is Facebook, right? Or, or Google too. But, you know, when you're running, you know, running AAA on Facebook, right. uh, having the ability to know, okay, well, when this is driving, you know, because, because, you know, like a, an, a, a conversion value 63 could mean something very different. What, what a lot of people are doing with the conversion value management is they're building um, they're building kind of a, a distribution uh, that's kind of indexed just for that day. Uh, and so when right. you get a 63, you know, it means that you were the top, that user was the top whatever percentage in terms of predicted value. It doesn't mean that they get attached to a, a, a specific um a specific yeah. absolute value right yeah and so that means that means something very different for you know that could mean something very different depending on how they're doing this for a us user versus a user from somewhere else yeah. um and so losing the geo element of that just you know further obfuscates the data now i do i do get i do get the motivation to to not have an ip address attached because i mean that's that's just going to result in people fingerprinting to the the user in their own data environment so i, I do get that but again i mean that, that shouldn't and I don't want to like, you know, try to try to, uh, you know, prescribe Apple's motivations here because I don't I don't know. But hmm. that that shouldn't be it the primary motivation. motivation. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't work or a change, you know, next week. But it, it wouldn't, you know, that shouldn't be the primary 
goal here, right? I mean, you know, right. we've discussed that. It shouldn't be the primary goal to to not to to break the sort of connection between a post back that you've already received, like basically like an ex post yeah. an ex post signal of uh, or an ex post artifact of the ad network's you know machinations. Like breaking that shouldn't be the the primary goal here. It should be to break the ex ante valuation of the the ad network's machinations which is targeting right because that's the yeah. whole point um anyway okay so yeah, we're, we're losing that yeah and also yeah i mean like, there are just other ways so yeah uh, as you said you know like people need to know geo so we need to uh, obviously find ways to encode that probably using the campaign id um but it's yeah it would um, I mean, would they consider, I wonder, would they add a geo field or something like that? Because obviously, if you give something super non-granular, um, all I really need to know in order to be able to do the stuff that you talked about earlier with the dynamic conversion values, or in order to just be able to report on how my campaign is performing in the UK versus France or whatever, um, all I really need to know is the country or something super non-granular. Right. And if they provide that, obviously, there's there's no fingerprinting because there are uh, 60 million people in the UK um, or whatever. Yeah. And so we kind of wondered, yeah, would that would they add a geo field? But obviously, you know, we've already got the spec for scan scan 3.0, and there's yeah. nothing in that, so it would be a way off. Um, would they also potentially put the proxy servers in the non-granular region of the user, right? So yeah. if the user is in the UK, will I actually get a, a UK IP address? The answer, by the way, seems to be no. Uh, of course. But yeah, I think I think that they should be looking for ways to facilitate free geo attribution because otherwise it's just a little bit too disruptive. But we're guaranteed a level of disruption for X months, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. My my sense is that like we're not going to see like a steady drumbeat of updates here. But I think like you know if you you know I I I wrote an article about. SK Ad Network 1.0 when it came out in 2018. Um, nice. And it took 2018 to 2020 to get 2.0, right? Right. My sense is that, you know, so they're obviously not developing this. They don't have a team dedicated to this, right? Is my point. And um, do you know, you know that? Or getting, is that, uh, well, is I, don't, that I don't know. Maybe they, maybe, they, yeah. maybe they do. That's conjecture. Yeah, I, I would might, love to know. Yeah, well, if it's taking two years between, <laughs> between major release cycles, uh, it's not a big team, if, if there is. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we're getting 3.0, but my sense is that's mostly just a reaction to the reception of 2.0. So, I right. mean, in any case, they're not moving very quickly on this. I, uh, but my, I, don't, I don't believe that they would, that they're going to kind of continue to develop this. My sense is that, you know, it'll be m more or less done. And then they might do like kind of minor updates going forward. But I don't, I don't think that there's going to be like kind of, we, I don't think we could plan on, you know, SK Ad Network 5.0, right, in, in a couple of years being like really robust, right, and, right. And, and solving a lot of these issues. My sense is that they, they, they're going to feel like, hey, this is done, and, you know, we're moving on to other issues. Um, because, you know, they, they just, and, and which is, it's, 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 it's kind of frustrating because it, it does feel like, I mean, SK Ad Network 1.0 was just not functional. I think that's why people didn't take it seriously at first. It was like, yeah. you couldn't have done anything with that. Um, and, you know, they, they've just, they've just clearly taken like the most conservative approach here. And then like maybe are layering in a few, a few more pieces of functionality, but like no creative ID. I mean, there's all these, there's all these things that are missing that are just that you, that are, are just like de minimis, right? Like when you think about yeah. 
doing any kind of me- measurement, right? They, and they shouldn't, again, like, and, and, you know, I don't want to prescribe motivation, but you shouldn't want to disrupt measurement. Measurement's not the problem. Measurement right. is ex post. Measurement doesn't help you uh, target individuals. Like measurement is yeah. just allowing you to know if your money was spent well. Yeah, but it's just all about like uh, it's all about the extent to which they can permit uh, measurement without clever people uh, coming up with basically probabilistic models that enable them to actually do something which which would result in targeting ability, right? Um, but yeah, I, like um, I completely agree with you. Like, there's no there's no particular reason to be very optimistic about you know like it's not gonna uh, SKR network is not gonna have the functionality of an MMP in two years. You know, like the whole point is to do something a bit simpler and give people less visibility. But having said that, it's like it's pretty encouraging that they've introduced stuff like like so V3, like multi touch. I mean, this is arguably. Um, above and beyond what people would have expected and actually kind of getting a little bit more into that uh, MMP territory, right? But actually it's kind of going further than most MMPs yeah. go in terms of the fact that you're guaranteed a, a multi-touch assist post-back, right? So you never know. What do you think about the multi-touch um, tool here? I, my sense is that that's, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't feel like that's going again. It's, it's almost like, yes, it's above and beyond what you'd expect, but it's also because it's not anything that anybody asked for. It just feels like this right. is coming completely out of left field. Right. Like what, where did it come from? Yeah. Do you have any, any thoughts on that? I have no idea. I, well, yeah. it'd be, it, it, I'm, you know, just taking the, the very, very, very sort of like cynical view here is that this must in some way support Apple's ads ambitions. Right. Or, at right. the very least, because, you know, the thing is, like, in the in the previous paradigm, right, with, uh, you know, with with kind of MMPs being like pseudo deterministic, right, and yeah. the, the SANs having basically right a first refusal, essentially, on an on an attribution claim, or, or you know, I, I used to say that they, they front they front run attribution right. claims, right? Um, you know, it, the, the, the sort of the, the strategy there was to, to, to take a waterfall approach to your budget, because the more you spent on non-SANs, the more you were going to double pay, right? Yeah. Like the more, the more distributed your budget was, the more you were going to end up, uh, basically paying for, um, paying for attributions that, uh, that, that, that weren't, that, yeah. that were double counted. And so, you know. And, and so I guess, I mean, it makes sense to have a, a multi-touch to prevent that um, because, well, but you don't even need and that. And view through as well, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, view, and view through, which yeah, is I a think, welcome. Like clearly addition. view through was, was from pressure from the SRNs, I would expect. Like is multi-touch kind of a corollary of view through potentially, but then you've got, so I guess, um, I believe you only get the, the post view if, if there wasn't yeah, you only get the post view if there wasn't another click after you, right? Because then there would have also been another view after you. So yeah. I get, like, I guess maybe, I mean, it's more, like it could well be from that perspective lobbying from the SRNs, right? So that they no, actually it, have a higher chance. There's no way. They, they, Apple, Apple is not capitulating to face. They don't talk. They, oh, they don't. So? They don't have interesting. They don't have any. They don't have any line of communication open. They, and they would not. They would not capitulate. Like they're. It's, they're uh, not, it's the press releases, though, right? The bitchy press releases. Apple doesn't care. Apple yeah. wants them to be. Apple wants them to be very vocal, 
with with their sort of dissent, right? Because then they just point to that and say, look at look at how badly they want to track you. Look at this. Look at how right. disruptive this is to their to their business. Yeah, look look at look at how how much this hurts them that we give you the option, like we give you the yeah. choice, and it hurts them so bad they're taking it. They want that. Um, but anyway, I just, I don't I so like given that view, given that kind of like very cynical view, I don't understand where the multi-touch fits in. Um, like, cause what does yeah. that support? Like, they don't really care about measurement. Right. And so then, cause if they did, they would have invested in a, a million of other things before they rolled this out. Uh, so yeah. then what does this support? I'm, I'm, I'm very like sort of cautious. I'm, I'm very circumspect here. Yeah. Fair. Um, okay. What, so as a DSP, tell me about the sort of unique challenges that SK ad network poses. Um, and I know that, you know, I, uh, and I, I know that data seats kind of my, my sense is that data seats, you know, very sort of sophisticated here. Like, tell me about, you know, the, the cause I mean, you can understand how, and, and there's, you know, arguments that are, have been made that this like kind of benefits Facebook. I don't really buy into those. I think, I think Facebook is disproportionately harmed here, but there've right. been arguments that, well, the bigger, you know, just, just the bigger is better, more data argument, which kind of always is true. Yeah. It's kind of like a, it's, it's kind yeah, of like a, a bogus argument. Single source app as well, right? Exactly, right. So they yeah. have the one source ID. But but tell me tell me about like how does how how is this how is this challenge uh, unique from a DSP perspective? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So so as we kind of touched on earlier, I think there are that like there's the thing that everyone was doing anyway, which was which was trying to well the thing that we were doing anyway as part of the in-house uh, offering, which was uh, pursuing kind of contextual targeting targeting that doesn't rely on device IDs, especially kind of these like uh, cross advertiser device graphs that some of the bigger DSPs were doing. And um, and I think everyone's making really good progress with actually getting some performance out of contextual. And a lot of this comes down to, you know, finding the correct context, the correct placements at the correct times and stuff like that in the correct apps yeah. to show the user. Um, but yeah, so the targeting side is like, okay, this is our bread and butter now, let's like, like that's fine. The the enormous challenge here, as uh, as we've been discussing, is is the fact that you don't actually have perfect attribution, and therefore you can't like necessarily, uh, as you say, you can't necessarily test things very easily in a very uh, granular way. You can't uh, basically cl uh, close the machine learning feedback loop with all of the thousands of features which you used to close it with, right? And um, but. So yeah, the key challenge here is essentially how can we um, how can we help advertisers to get kind of a competitive advantage against others by using the new rule set, these super like stringent new rules imposed by um, SKR network to kind of do things a little bit more uh, intelligently and kind of uh, make the most of those restrictions, those campaign IDs, stuff like that. But um, and then sort of to bring it full circle, you know the yeah, the fact that you can't even guarantee that you receive some of that scan data every time where the stuff that you're potentially not receiving is the most important stuff, right? So it's the source app ID. In contextual, it's really important to know whether a specific publisher has given good users or not. And then you potentially don't know whether that user um, converted well or not. And what's particularly kind of unfair about that is the fact that it kind of disproportionately affects smaller advertisers and advertisers running on smaller publishers and it uh, it affects kind of the long tail of publishers right so if you look at you know kind of the 10 or 20,000 publishers in an SSP like most of that of that uh, bell curve in terms of traffic will will probably um, at the current rate will probably almost never 
be visible in in smaller advertisers scan postbacks um so yeah this is the challenge essentially but it's all about it's all about finding smart ways to kind of use the um the capabilities provided by scan essentially and use kind of yeah what kind of attribution can you still do in the new world uh, essentially yeah i was um having a conversation the other day and I, and i think like my sense is that <clears throat> you know and 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 i mean as as kind of critical as i've been about well this this policy um it's not because i think that um, there shouldn't be changes made to protect user privacy. I just think this is like a clumsy, awkward, uh, you know, market concentrating, um, you know, uh, implementation of that from Apple. I, right. I, 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 I do think the IDFA was problematic and the way that people were using it was really, you know, kind of abuse. Um, but yeah, for but sure, I, for it, sure, right. It, and it, that's it, literally like how, how we founded DataSeed. It's kind of on that yeah. premise, which is, yeah. But yeah, carry on. But but ATT is just clumsy, right? And it's it's not actually going to benefit consumers, I think, ultimately. And it does benefit Apple uh, a great deal. But anyway, yeah. that, you know, I've covered that a lot. I don't need to you know, bang that drum anymore. Um, but yeah. but but this was coming anyway. I mean, this needed to this needed to happen. Some kind of like privacy reform needed to happen. And right. my, I was talking to somebody the other day, and my sense is that like, you know, the challenge here was well, a lot of companies. And Facebook included here, just just you know, they, while they had very specific, you know, very very sophisticated specific machinery to to do ad targeting, um, you know, in a in a way that was very very efficient, it was kind of a like just a brute force dumb methodology, right? It was just this user good, right? Like they spend money, <laughs> uh, and you know now the challenge is to come up with like more of a tech techno technological solution here, right? That's based on you know statistical methods and um, and and so not not only in the in the in the kind of targeting realm, but also in the privacy protection realm. And so, yeah. like my sense is that the companies that prevail um, are those that you know are up to that technological challenge, not the ones that can just yeah. build a device graph, right? But the ones that can actually do this kind of forecasting, um, exactly. And, you know, yeah. and build these kind of predictive methods. So, anyway, tell me tell me about it. like let's what what is your what are your thoughts there? Because I, I could just be yeah. like totally naive. No, no, I, uh, I completely agree. So but like we've, we've basically gone from a situation where if you wanted to go and get yourself, you know, super cheap installs, you could do that very easily by uh, by signing a contract with kind of one of the very large ad, ad networks or DSPs. And they were kind of, you know, uh, a little bit under the hood using this concept of kind of shared uh, cross advertiser device graphs, stuff like that. And it was kind of insanely easy to get cheap installs and everyone got very used to that and exactly as you say there's now a massive shift towards people really have to re-engage with kind of being tech companies or mm. or buying from from tech vendors essentially or or possibly acquiring them as well right because we're seeing all of this uh, obviously um uh, grouping together of the market um like which is also you know uh, of course the other side of this is is kind of the strategic advantage of like of doing like your own walled garden and a situation where you yeah. can actually target uh, IDFBs as long as you own all of those apps. So I think this is the big shift that we're seeing exactly as you described it. Rich, uh, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Where can people find you? Where can, where can people hear from you? Yeah, awesome. So check out dataseat.com 
for data seat um and yeah that's that's where you'll find us it's been awesome chatting thanks for having me on yeah i'm glad i've i've uh, i've been able to connect with you now uh data seat is the is the best represented company in the mobile dev memo podcast <laughs> catalog oh killer let's keep that up then <laughs> let's, let's do so rich thank you so Bye. much have a good day great thank you bye